2: is read by professional wrestler extraordinaire, Chavo.
0: You must have courage and your children must have courage to face these changes because they're going to happen. And if they don't happen, it'll be the most born existence you can imagine.
1: Welcome back to another episode of Quoting Gene Roddenberry. And it is my pleasure to welcome back our guest host this week, the New York Times number one best-selling author, Scott Sigler. Welcome back, Scott.
0: Thank you. Appreciate it.
1: So as you heard, uh, Chavo read that quote for us. What are the thoughts that come to you when you hear uh, Chavo reading uh, Gene's words?
0: For me, the biggest thing is with the age of information, the Internet age, the biggest change is that this has become the best time in the history of mankind to be a creator. You can, mm. you can you know, plant your flag and there's a thing you really want to do that involves entertaining other people and selling some, some product that entertains other people you know, go back even 30 years ago. And that that required an, an enormous amount of going through gatekeepers, yep. looking the right way, having the right look, the right sound, the right art, making the right connections, all of these things that required other people to give you permission to get into the ring. And now, nowadays, that big change, so when I hear Gene Runbury say that, the big change is, now there are still huge gates, huge barriers to a lot of people, but the access to a almost global population at the speed of light for almost no cost as your customer base is something that wasn't there before. So it's a huge change for people who want to have the courage to go out there and struggle and uh, put in the time to make something happen.
1: Yeah. Like the internet world and the online world is ripe for that now, but even in the early two thousands, I used to write a blog professionally for like 12 years. And even back then I remember thinking, wow, like I am able to publish my blogs every single day without having to worry about like having an editor or having like a printing press or having like a right. third party thing to go through to get it out it was it was pretty much as much as i wanted to whenever i wanted to and it was a pop culture blog that i tried to keep fun and frivolous but you know, but it was also the beginnings of, you know, people fleshing out what their online personas were and what their voices were. And as much, I definitely tried to keep it all positive and fun because that's what I wanted to put out. Mm-hmm. But then as you see, as any tool is, you know, once it gets you know wider and, and more accessible to more and more people, more and more voices uh, are able to be heard, which is wonderful. I, I, I've mentioned many times uh, on this podcast how exciting it is for me to see young creators young influencers using their voices for LGBTQ or Black Lives Matter uh, issues mm-hmm. when they could very easily be doing something completely fun, like, you know, doing dances or, or cat videos. And I love all of those things too, but I'm so, so heartened and so impressed by the, you know, army of young creators who have the ability via TikTok, via Instagram, via Facebook, via any social media they have access to, to amplify their voices, to have their say and have those resonate around the world.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, per what you're saying, Trent, it's like those uh, influencers, and I hate that word, but okay, those influencers are courageous enough, per this quote, yep. to use their platform and not just stick with, this is the lipstick and all of that. Yep. Because when I was listening to the quote, what struck me was, oh gosh, I wish like God's publicist in the 70s had had this mentality because it was always God fearing fear 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 and had I, had someone said to me you have to have the courage to meet God wherever da 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 I might have thought oh courage courage yeah. I can drum up courage but fear I am I'm filled with already I don't need anymore I don't need a fear of God <laughs> you know yeah. of all yeah. things something I can't see that's All of that. So I love that Courage is saying instead of, you know, he he doesn't say fear and he's saying this speech to a psychology convention too. Mm -hmm. The word fear in in and of itself uh, elicits a reaction with people, but- I wanted to go to what Scott was talking about because part of when I first started reading Scott, I think I read Infected uh, was the first book I read of yours, and I was so impressed actually because Scott had done it way back when, maybe around the time you were doing your blog, Trent. He had done started his podcast, was kind of selling the books through that. Didn't you start in self publishing and then you have a traditional publisher and all yeah. of that for years and years? But he did it all. Mm-hmm. Like just said, I'm going to do it. And that just really impressed me uh, because you knew, as you said, it's here. We have the means to podcast mm-hmm. from anywhere. I'm in the South right now, not at home. And I, I can podcast. Uh, you can write from anywhere. You can do any of this yeah. stuff. Mm-hmm. So that's exciting to me.
0: It was a revelatory time for me as back in 2005 uh, started podcasting before it was even on iTunes and having a marketing background and just being a look at this and being like, Holy crap! I mean, I can I can record my own audiobook, serialize it, put it on the internet, and people in Australia, people in the UK, people anywhere there are English-speaking people who want entertainment can listen to it. Uh, that and I was I was able to do that, but it was a ton of work. There was a lot of things to figure out. Much like Trent, I heard Trent talking at one point about three you know three years for anybody's actually reading the mm-hmm. blog. I was about mm-hmm. three years for anybody actually started to listen in larger numbers. Building that audience, I didn't have, didn't need an editor, didn't need a gatekeeper. I didn't have to mm-hmm. have a famous, rich dad author anything. <laughs> I didn't have to have the right connections. Put the content out there, and to have, but to have the courage to put your stuff out there and yep. be exposed, and then that built an audience. And then that audience at one point went and bought a book I put out, and those sales numbers were something that the publishers understood, and that led to the book deal and to Infected, which you read.
2: Right, which doesn't happen for every author, right? Mm-hmm at all and goes to show the tenacity that's a lot of grind is yeah. what you're talking about Yeah, you did a lot of grinding you know as did I in acting as did Trent in blogging and all those things and I think sometimes I'm only saying this because if, you know, sometimes the kids forget <laughs> that it takes a lot of work to accomplish stuff. You know, uh, I have friends who are very young and they'll write a first draft of something and um, they're like, it's done. I'm ready. Can I send it to a publisher? And I'm like, no, it's your first. <laughs> ah, Scott's shaking. Said no. <laughs> no. Because he knows. But Scott, a lot of them have gotten offended that I've said.
1: It's sure. rewriting
2: and I'm all, I'm new to it. I just have one little thing, but Scott is way in it. And I'm sure he understands when he rewrites or for Chavo, the wrestler who read the quote, I mean, can you imagine the grind of a wrestler's existence? So much work,
1: so much work. Yeah, so much work.
2: Right, there's that little bit on camera that you see, but you're not seeing him truck his gear around and pack his own shit up when there's nobody yeah. else around to help yep. and all the training. You got to watch the video and see Chavo flex That's uh, <laughs> pretty impressive. By pretty impressive. the way. But yeah, I love the way this is structured and phrased because it's very encouraging and is also saying to people, it's going to happen.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: It's gonna happen
1: that's gene's ever optimism again like he speaks with such uh determinism so many times like the future that he and uh the other star trek writers have created i fully believe he absolutely 100 percent believed is going to happen and the way that i view all of the star trek series and different franchises is gene and the writers gave us kind of like a blueprint to kind of prepare us you know like it's going to take courage to boldly go into space and to make first contact and to you know learn from from alien civilizations and to have you know and to teach as well if if we can to help to aid them medically or to learn or, or what it, so it, it takes courage to do that here on planet Earth and to think about like what courage it takes to, to, you know, break free from the bounds of our small little blue planet and go deep, deep, deep into, you know, the solar system to, to hopefully meet other civilizations and visit strange new worlds. So, like, I love the fact that Star Trek kind of, and, and of course, it's all invented and it's all, you know, fiction. Like, we don't know that it's going to be like that exactly. But we have had 55 years of Star Trek stories and other sci-fi stories that are kind of like priming us to have at least a, a baseline for what might happen when aliens might make first contact yeah, but, with Trent, us. What would do we do? Any,
2: do you think anyone's actually going to contact us when we have like, who is the person uh, suggesting we shoot our junk? our garbage into space. Yeah. I was like, that's the quickest way to have yeah. an alien be like, yeah. they're not ready. Not yeah. the junk planet. Not the planet yeah. surrounded <laughs> by their own garbage.
1: Yep. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I mean, I, that's why I say we're in the Wild West and we're still in the infancy of it all. I mean, I wish we were in an age where I could transport. I wish yeah. we were in the future, Scott writes about too. Yes. But in the meantime, I will say to both of you guys in the audience, it's been really great for me to do this podcast because I'd almost forgotten that there were Anglo men back then when he was saying this stuff who were aware, right? Mm-hmm. just like during slave times, there were the Quakers who helped out the runaway slaves too. Yeah. So there were always aware white people, but, you know, they're not on Twitter lately. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and so many are, but man, it's just the squeaky wheel gets the oil in, in almost yeah. all of these cases. The uh, the angriest voices are often the loudest voices. That's, um,
2: that's a good point. There's plenty of great out. people on there too, by yeah. the way. I just yeah. get a little worried because... You know, I'm I'm old enough to remember that people really fought against all the programs that they put in place to ensure that minorities got a shot mm-hmm. at a job. Right at a certain point, those everybody b- turned on those programs and said affirmative action and all that is bad, mm-hmm. bad. And mm-hmm. we're kind of, if you think about it, in another era where they're going to start to implement affirmative action kind of things. Right, you must have X amount, and right. I'm wondering how long it's going to take for the backlash on that too. This is a sticky time.
0: And that what we we're talking about earlier, that the, especially in the entertainment space or so the information sharing space or religious space, leadership space, you know, you've got a lot of groups that you're referring to that are, don't have the same set of assets and they start farther back, if you will, in the race, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. it's the, the, the internet with the change we've had, there's still more opportunity for hard work and, and smarts and learning to adapt to what people want out of you, what you do for, for people to flourish. And you see it just a ton in music and in comedy right now, mm-hmm. people just gr- entertainers grinding away and, fi- and and sticking with it and figuring, out, okay, I've, i I got to get this level of internet access. I've got to have this level of site. I got to go on here. And now like completely new art forms. that just have not been around before. You know, the 15, like the vine, which is gone now, but the, yeah.
1: Yeah. The, the, the 15 people, second video or five second. second, right?
0: It was, it was very short. And, and even people on TikTok, like 30 seconds, whip smart comedy videos. Mm-hmm. like That has never been a thing that was available ever before. And now here's this whole environment and you just, you see every color under the rainbow on there doing really talented stuff and doing stuff that sucks and learning from it. Like first <laughs> Yeah. Yep. get
1: yep. out there right.
0: and get out right. there and fail, screw it up and learn. Oh, they thought that was funny. Okay. Let me try this now. That kind of a thing.
2: Absolutely. Um, The one place I'm surprised where it hasn't exploded more is I thought we'd have a a 90s style indie film revolution once the Mm. equipment was so inexpensive and in the hands of the people. Do you
0: think we have some of that on YouTube, though? Like so many great creators?
2: Yes. Yes, I do. I agree that YouTube would be the place where we are seeing that. But I think what I meant was I'm surprised more of them aren't getting picked up and shown. We don't have the art houses, I suppose. The cinema, Everything is streamlined now, Mm. you know, and it is going to be online. But it is still kind of filtered through the Hollywood system as opposed to this little indie guy over here broke out with his own film. I'm seeing less of that. I feel less of that than the 90s, but that could be just because I'm not seeing there are a ton of great serialized shows on YouTube. I don't see as many people making an hour and a half feature Mm -hmm. and putting it up on YouTube, I guess is what I mean. And, and I love storytelling. So, but I, but again, television is kind of where it's at. So uh, maybe that's indie film in today's day and age.
0: I feel like we will see more of that as the streaming venues continue to expand and Mm -hmm. they're, they're very hungry for content. And I, I have friends now who have movies that no one's ever heard of, but they're on Netflix. So you start out so oh, that is wow. the thing where they've got, they've made their own indie film and Netflix, just like, if you've got content, we want to take a look at it. If you know the right people to talk to, et cetera. But they yeah. now have global distribution on the biggest entertainment platform on the planet. And so it it's, it's starting, it's happening now, but yeah, that, that is one art form where the, the, the barrier of quality still will, will always get in the way. If you don't have, The ability to hire you know 20 to 50 people to do a proper movie shoot it's just gonna look horrible compared to people who do
2: and here's my tip for any any filmmakers out there like listen uh you want a good crisp picture right we will want to see a good picture but i will watch a slightly mushy picture but i will not listen to bad sound yeah Mm. if you have bad sound (laughs) no seriously spend your money on sound equipment because that's i'm telling you you don't want to drive your audience away Anyway, you guys, um, super fun to have Scott here. We're lucky enough to have him for a few more episodes. Try and tell the people where they can see the very, very masculine looking Chavo.
1: Yeah, you could check out uh, Chavo reading today's quote on our social media accounts on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. And we're very lucky to have Scott with us all week long. So we hope you'll join us again tomorrow for another episode of Quoting Gene Roddenberry.